Hello there, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Sheehan Show here on Sherdog.com. And we are talking bets today on the betting show with uh, a massive, massive, massive PFL event headlining, uh, I suppose, the weekend in, in the world of mixed martial arts. No other massive mixed martial arts uh, on this week. We've no UFC, we've no Bellator or anything like that. So, Great weekend for the PFL. I believe it's Thanksgiving, is it, in America? Maybe not a great weekend for the PFL, but a great weekend maybe worldwide for the PFL in terms of uh, they are the only show in town here. And if you want mixed martial arts, well, you've got it, and you've only got it with the PFL. So for me, that can only be um, that can only be a good thing for the PFL this weekend, and uh, we will see how it goes for them. So all my five bets this weekend are from the PFL, and it's it's been an interesting ride. Uh, this is kind of, I suppose, my preview show for, for that as well. I've previewed every other show uh, for the PFL this year, so I said I might as well come out with this one with the kind of the betting slash preview show on it. I'll talk about my, my obviously, my top five bets here. I mean, my top four, my, my flyer bet as well, which is not so much a flyer bet this week, uh, but you will, uh, we will get to that anyway. Before we do, um, I suppose... I mentioned the last couple of times we were talking about the whole James Crows thing and all of that um, with, you know, the, the fact that, well, I suppose si- since the last time I spoke about it, I suppose the the, the, the um, reports coming out about, and you, you saw that, was it Miles John, the fighter in the UFC, said James Crows was not allowed in his corner, and we all know, you know, heard about what the fight, uh, you know, a couple of weeks before happened, you know, the, the, the guy coming in injured and all of that. It's very, very interesting. I still think we're at a stage now where it's kind of all being decided it's all being kind of you know I'm sure an answer will come very very soon you would hope so anyway for you know for everyone covering the sport for the people involved in it in terms of the fighters the coaches the promotions and all of that because having something like this hanging over you is not uh, really good but uh, the, the one thing I will say about it 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 it, it, it looks good and it looks bad right I think it looks good because it was very quickly like seen and the questions were asked. So I think like we will forget about whether anyone's guilty or, or whatever for a second, but very, very quickly, I think questions were asked about an incident that happened or a perceived incident that happened. And that can only be good. The other side of it is people are now thinking, did a perceived incident happen? And that's not good. So <laughs> I think it's, uh, as I said, very, very um, important that this gets dealt with very, very quickly in terms of finding the results, finding what actually happened, finding the truth of it all. After that, I don't know what's next. We'll talk about that, I suppose, when it happens. But um, yeah, definitely, look, betting is kind of, it's really taken over mixed martial arts in the last while. As I spoke about it before, someone from this side of the world, betting has been pervasive in lots of different sports for years and years and years. But with obviously betting become, becoming more legal in more different places in the States, uh, it's becoming more of a thing as well. And this is, is something obviously that's popping up. So very interesting times ahead. As I said, I will, uh, I will seem to keep covering it here when there's any update. I will talk about that update as well. Um... Last week, from the four, uh, four first bets, three out of four, not bad. The flyer didn't hit. Bibiana Fernandez didn't hit, but the other three bets, I put them all up on Twitter, the ones that hit. Really, really great week last week, so we will uh, we'll keep going again and hopefully get some uh, some more going here. It's been a, there was one stinker of a week there. Was it the UFC 279, 280 card? One of the pay-per-views, and an absolute stinker of a week. But other than that, over the last five, six weeks, it's been uh, very, very good in the betting show, so I hope you're all... Uh, Betting well, betting the right things, and um, 
I think I think this week we have uh, we have a few good things going because I've watched a lot of these fights. I, I don't think anyone has probably covered the PFL this season as much as much as me. So uh, maybe that's a good thing or maybe it's a bad thing. <laughs> we, we'll we'll find out next week. Um, bet responsibly, please. Bet responsibly. Don't bet more than you can. Take it easy this weekend and uh, enjoy the fights while betting with them. So let's get into it. First bet and look, this first bet is my hardest bet of the weekend because it is a bet that. So my first bet I'm going for I'll just say it straight out Bubba Jenkins plus 148 Against Brendan Lockdown And I say plus four, 148 Because that is the most important thing Why I'm betting on this If you were to give me Lockdown and Jenkins At plus 100 I would be torn I'd probably go Lockdown At plus 100 If you give me Lockdown At plus 148 I go Lockdown If you give me Jenkins At plus 148 I bet Jenkins That's the sort of fight this is In my opinion This is an absolute pick'em fight and if the bookies want to give you a better price than one person, take it. Now, I whatever it might be, the reason I look at the fight, maybe I think just that Brendan Lockdown is going to win this fight if it was given to me straight up, but it's not. So they've kind of made their mind up here. I know there's probably a lot of people out there thinking who's going to win this fight. Is it going to be close? Maybe if you favor wrestling, you might look at uh, Bubba Jenkins and say, look, he's out-wrestled some good guys recently. He out-wrestled uh, Ryoji Kujo. Um, Last time out made it look really, really easy and has done it to other guys as well. You look at Loch Nan, maybe if you're looking at it from the other side and you say, well, Loch Nan is very good anti-wrestling. Look what he did to Chris Wade. Look at what he has done to other guys over the last few years. There's arguments there in both ways. And none of those two people, if they argue the opposite ways, they are wrong. One of them will be wrong, maybe, uh, if it comes down to that. You know, maybe it doesn't come down to that. But they could be wrong come next week. But for me, I've thought about this fight over and over and over. And I find it very hard to pick who's going to win. Really, really hard. And the fact that the bookies line is that wide. And let me just check, because I, I wrote this down last night. So let me just check if it's the same now. Uh, yeah, it's just actually plus 155 for Jenkins now here and a couple of lines. Do you know what? It goes from like plus 120 to plus 155. It's one of those fights. It really, really is one of those fights. But Jenkins being the plus money, I think, is the deciding factor. If you're betting on this fight, maybe avoiding it's the, the best way to do it. Maybe avoiding it is. But I think, like, as I said, you give me that price in either of them and you have to take it. You know, uh, well, you don't have to take it, but you know what I mean. If you're betting on it, if you want to make a bet on it, that that is the side to go to. Because to me, it's a flip of a kind. Like, to me, uh, and the re- I think Brendan Lachnan just looks so phenomenal in his last fight. That's the reason if you were to give me a straight up bet that I go for him. Look, Bubba Jenkins has looked phenomenal in his last few fights. Lachnan had troubles with injuries and, you know, that Royo Jukudo fight wasn't the best display in the world. He was, he was, he'll probably tell you himself, he was lucky to get out of that one with the win, with the, the, the almost no contest at the end of went to the, uh, went to the judges after the, the third round had started. And, uh, you know, so, um, look, I break it down to you this way. If Jenkins can take Lachnan down and keep taking him down over and over and over and over, I think he'd win the fight. If Lachnan can stop that takedown and get his striking going, I think he'll win the fight. And if he can obviously stop the takedown over and over and over and over again, no, God, just stop it once. You're going to have to continue to do it. Now, if Lachnan is taken down once, is the fight over? No. If Lachnan keeps the fight on the feet and Jenkins is getting kind of beat up and for one round is the fight over? No. Like, Lachnan can wrestle, Jenkins can strike. I think one guy is better 
at wrestling, one guy is better at striking, and it re- like it really comes. It could come down. It could come down to anything here. Like I, I talked last week about the Nimkov versus Corey Anderson fight and how that came down to transitions. It, the first fight came down to transitions, and you watched the second fight as well. And, and say you watched the first fight, and it was one one going into the third round. Anderson won the transition in the third round and ended up was going to win the third round. Won the the winning in the first round was transitions, the winning in the second round was transitions. And then you come into the second fight, Nimkov wins all the transitions and just dominates the whole fight. It's something as simple as that. It's, you know, and it's obviously not simple. But the transitions here are going to be huge as well. Let's say Jenkins goes in for like a big double leg. Um he doesn't get it, but he kind of not necessarily pulls guard, but pulls up like on one leg, kind of just dumps his weight on top of that leg of Lachnan, and Lachnan has to like push the head down. He has to push his own hips down. You know, let's say Jenkins gets in low, and it's a transition that lasts maybe 45 seconds or something like that. Whoever comes out on top of that could be the win and loses the round, could be the win and losing of the fight. It's little things, little movements, little integers like that, which I think will really decide this fight. And to me, it's, you know, fight of the weekend, um, the closest fight of the weekend. But the li- that line is too wide. I really believe plus 155, plus 148, as I saw here, the, the first time I looked at it, that to me is too wide. This should be minus 110, minus 110, plus 100, plus, you know, plus 100, minus 110, plus 100, minus 120 ty- type of job. This is not, this is too too much of a line. And when you look at that, you have to go Bubba Jenkins As I said Straight up Maybe you got locked down But I'm going Jenkins with that Alright Second bet Of the week uh, I am going for A bit of a A bit of a longer one This time I'm going for Anti-Deja At minus 240 Let me just check That price again Just to make sure It's 100% Correct Yeah uh, uh, Minus 240 For, for Anti-Deja Is just uh, Around that Right now It's You know You can get minus 230 If you look some places But not anything Better than that Um He's fighting Matthias Scheffel, who is one of those guys. If anyone's listening to me talking about Scheffel over the last while, um, I suppose I went from one opinion on him to another opinion on him very, very quickly. When he fought Anti-Deja uh, in that first fight uh, this year, like, and obviously, you know, he's going to be favoured again coming in, but he, when he fought him in that first fight of the year, I was like, this guy took one punch, he's kind of gone down, not that he went down easy, but like he's not exactly the level of, or doesn't exactly have the level of chin of adversity uh, building, I suppose, to cut it in a heavyweight division that has some good fighters like Antideja, like Bruno Capeloza. Then he went into the fight with Bruno Capeloza and absolutely destroyed him a few weeks later. And then you t- I had to change my opinion on it. He goes into the fight with Juan Adams again a few weeks later and knocks him out in the third round. And you're thinking, wow, maybe he'd an off day against, against Anti Deja. Maybe, maybe, but I, I watched it before the Anti Deja fight as well. You know, he had some good wins going back. He was a, he lost in the contender series, but he had some good wins before that. And I, I didn't think he was great, if I'm being honest. But didn't you do that to Capeloza? You do that to Juan Adams, and you have to, I suppose, change the thinking on you. No. Anti Deja knocked him out in uh, the, the first minute of the second round the first time. And. 
Look, it was either those fights you, you just you you thought he was going to knock him on the first round. You thought the fight was could end at any time. You thought Deja was just going to dominate him. And Anti Deja is a very, very, very good fighter. A very good fighter. You look at his record over the last while. Like to have a twenty-two and five record with sixteen finishes, only be finished. Uh, uh, you finished four times, I suppose, but it's heavyweight. But at heavyweight, that's a, a pretty, pretty good record. Like, he's only lost to Capeloza since when? Since 2015. And then it was Martin Tybora, you know, who we've seen in the UFC for a long time. And it was, what, five or six fights again before that, before, uh, you know, he lost the fight in, back in 2014. So he hasn't lost many. only tr- lost three fights in the last, what, six or eight years. That's not many at heavyweight, if we're being honest. He's beaten the likes of Dennis Gastelov. He's beaten Hinn and Ferreira here recently. And he's beaten Sheffield, I suppose, earlier on this year. You look at him, you know, you, you see that uh, Croatian flag here up. Where is it? Here? Here? That's right. Which one there? On, uh, on Sherdog. And uh, you think, okay, this guy is going to be... Um, uh, a knockout artist this guy's going to be a kickboxer and he can kickbox there's no doubt about it he has 10 wins via knockout but he's a very 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 good wrestler as well a tremendous wrestler and I think that's what's going to happen here I think he's going to t- try to take Sheffield to the ground even though he knocked him out the last time I, I think Deja's one of those guys that really mixes his striking and wrestling well but but you know it's probably three parts wrestling to one part striking when he's at his very best when he's fighting the best guys in the world he's fighting for a million quid here over five rounds that's a very important thing as well when we're talking about all these bets these are over five rounds so that's a really really big thing and a really big part of this the fact that it is five rounds the fact that um no that that million quid is on the line as well that could make someone even better or it could make someone a lot worse and we really you know that, that when you're looking at bets that has to be part of it it really does have to be part of it like someone could be a very very good fighter for two rounds three rounds it could be a fast starter and by the time four and five goes there might be you know three four rounds ahead but what good has been three or four rounds ahead if you're tired and you get submitted or you get finished uh, in the you know in the fourth or fifth round? So all these things have to be taken into account. Franti Deja, I think he is the better cardio. I think he's the better striking. I think he's the better wrestling. I think he's the better jujitsu. I just think he's the better fighter in all areas. But I will not write, uh, write off Matthias Sheffield ever again, never again, because he's proven he is a good fighter. He's proven he can have off days. He's proven he can get finished against Deja and against others. But if you, in my opinion, Capeloza coming into this was the one to beat. He, uh, I don't know if it's still the case, but he was the best heavyweight uh, in in the PFL. He would have been here only for an injury, you know. Um, and uh, Sheffield was lucky to get back in. He was out of the competition, like so. He comes back in, and uh, yeah, very very interesting here. But I think Deja will win it. That price, look, it's minus two forty. It's it's not the best price in the world, but I think it actually is a good price for this. You know, if if this was minus 500 or something, I probably wouldn't give it. But the fact it's only minus 240, I think that's given the, the, the due respect to Sheffield. But uh, I think Deja probably deserves a little bit more respect. I like that price, if I'm being honest. It's not the greatest price in the world in terms of the price, but in terms of the chance to win. I think it's I think it's a good price and I think uh, Anti Deja will win that. Uh, next one I'm giving and I'm moving away from the championship fights here for a second uh, and I'm going for um, I'm going for Julia Budd who's fighting Aspen Lad, and she's plus let me just check here again now, plus 185 <coughs> so Julia Budd plus 185 uh, to beat Aspen Lad. 
Do you know it was? It's been an interesting time for both of these women, I suppose. Um, in in the last few years, Julia Budd was on such a great run in um, in Bellator since. You know, she lost to Ronda Rousey in 2011 and then she didn't lose another fight until Chris Cyborg into 2020. You know, nine years and then she went on a three-fight run after that, two of them in the Bellator and one of them um, in the PFL. But she lost that fight to, to Gina Fabian. And when she lost that, you, 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 you start to scroll up and look at the 39 years of age mark. And... You know, she pulled out of the, the Kelly Harrison fight or the, the Kelly Harrison fight. You know, she had an injury and she pulled out of that. And you're thinking, now I'm talking myself out of giving the, <laughs> the bed here. But you're thinking, what what's left for Julia Budd? Well, what's left for Julia Budd is what we're seeing here tonight or here on, on Friday night or Saturday night, whenever it is. We're seeing the million quid up for grabs, you know? That's what's left for... Uh, for Julia Budd so for her to no I think she'll be in the tournament next year but it, like if the tournament I, I think it's all up in the air kind of with PFL and with Kel Harrison and all, but to give herself a chance to be in that tournament next year to get the big fight that she wants with um, uh, with Kel Harrison I think she needs to win this fight I really really think she does and you know what I think she will win this fight um, I've <sighs> Aspenad is a good fighter, but I do you know what? I've never been the biggest fan of hers. Like she lost her last, like Raquel Pennington beat her last time out. To me, Raquel Pennington's like a similar version of Julia Budd, except smaller and shorter, not as powerful. Like Norma Demont beat her. I, now I think a lot of Norma Demont, um, but like her only win in the last three years is against Yana Kunitskaya. It was one of the worst fighters in the UFC in the last few years. All due respect to Yana Kunitskaya, you know? She lost to Jermaine Durand to me. Like, that was a weird one. Okay, we all know that. But what's her big win like? You know, what is her big win? Beat Tanya Evinger five years ago. Beat Lena Landsberg and Sajara Eubanks. Like, she ne- like she doesn't have wins comparable to what Julia Budd has, like, in, in my opinion. Now, maybe someone disagree with me, but, like, that Caitlin Young win was a very good win. The Diana Silva, she's a good fighter. Arlene Blinko is a very good fighter. Beat her twice. Beat Marlouz Kuhn and beat Olga Rubin, you know. She's some good wins. Now, look, at that weight class win, especially their upper weight class as well here, it's, it's, it's not the easiest. It's definitely not the easiest in the world to get big names and to have a lot of big wins. But... You know, at 145, Aspenad, will the weight be an issue again, even though she's moving up? Julia Budd has been fighting at 145 for a good while. She'll definitely be more settled at that weight class. Look, how I see this fight going, is Julia Budd just being a little bit too tall, big, maybe not necessarily powerful, but too technical? Like, I think Aspenad tries to fight a technical fight, but she's, in my opinion, meeting someone more technical and longer, bigger. That and I, that to me, that doesn't bode well for her. Now, Julia Bod, as I said again, thirty nine years of age. Have we seen the best of her? Is the last fight, I suppose, um, the the signs of what's to come? And if it is, look, Aspinall will probably be the faster fighter here and probably win this. But I just. I'm not ruling Julia Budd out yet. I'm not. I'm not saying she's good. Gina Fabian's a good fighter as well. And she's a good striker. Like the thing about Fabian, why she won that fight. I think, okay, maybe Julia Budd took her eye uh, off the prize a little bit, but taller, longer, very good technical striker. 
Aspenland is smaller and I don't think a good as good a technical striker as Julia Budd. So you can kind of reverse that around there straight away. Now, maybe I'm talking myself into this, maybe I'm wrong, but when I saw that price of plus 185, I was a little bit shocked by it. I was a little bit shocked by it. I thought it would be closer. I think Aspenland is one of those fighters that's massively overrated. So if she doesn't, if she wins this fight, the next fight you'll probably even get better value on, on whoever she's fighting. So we'll, we'll bet in it again there. But third bet, uh, I'm going for Julia Budd at plus 185. Right, the next bet, you know, the the uh, the division that I've probably enjoyed the most this year has been 205. And uh, because of these two lads who are in it, Rob Wilkinson and Amari Akhmanov. Uh, and I'm going for Rob Wilkinson at minus 200. Um, and uh, again, I, I'll just check that price just to make sure it's, it's 100% accurate. Yeah, minus. Actually, do you know what? Do you know what? I'm looking at one place here. He's actually into minus 188. So minus 188 you're getting for uh, for Rob Wilkinson here. Let me just adjust my notes. And that, to me, is a very good price. But, you know, I, I rather the anti-Deja one. I put it to you that way at minus 240. I, I wanted to pick a winner of this fight because I really think this is a a more high-level fight than people give it credit for. If you look back at their two... Um, you know, especially Akhmedov, if you look back at his record and you see in the UFC the, 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 and even in PFL, you know, lots of Jordan Young, but lots of Brad Tavares and, and older Chris Weidman uh, and, you know, Sergio Moraes and uh, uh, Zaleski as well in the UFC. You're probably, and Gunnar Nelson, even Gunnar Nelson, very good fighter, obviously. You're probably thinking like, ah, this guy is, you know, he's not it. He went to a draw with Vittori, though, which is a good result and he beat, you know, Ian Heinish and he beat Tom Breeze and Zach Cummings, which are some great results. But he... I think he's actually improved and improved and improved as a fighter. 35 years of age now as well. So this is, to me, he's like probably, this is where he reached his prime. Went out last time and beat Josh Silvera, who I think very, very highly of. Had beaten Victor Pest and knocked him out very quickly before that. So it's been a great run and I've really enjoyed his run this year in PFL. But Rob Wilkinson as well, like... Oh, his only two losses are to Israel Adesanya and Cyril Bahadrezada back in 2017 and the start of 2018. You know, he beat Pesta too, beat Dylan Monte, who's been around the PFL for a long while. And he'll be coming in here with a whole world of confidence because he fights confidently, but then when the wins come with that as well, you get even more confident and more confident. Only, out of his 16 wins, only one have gone to a decision. So eight KOs, seven submissions. And you're fighting a guy who will go in there and will <laughs> will give you chances, I suppose. Like Akhmanov goes in and he throws his hands when he needs to throw his hands. The one interesting thing about this that I'm really not sure of, and I'm not sure how it will change the fight, but it is the five rounds. That that was When I sat down to think about this, I was like, who will that benefit? And... I, honestly, I leaned a small bit towards Ahmedov, but I think maybe towards him early. It could backfire from him maybe later on in the fight. I feel like Ahmedov will try to wrestle early and maybe even you know have long periods of clinch early in that fight in the first couple of rounds. But I think Rob Wilkinson has very good cardio. I think he'll come through it. And I'm not sure if Ahmedov will as well. Like The thing about Rob Wilkinson is, and to go against my own point there, maybe... Most of his fights end very, very quickly. Very like if you look back through his fights, let's just read him quickly. First round, first round, second round, first round, first round, second round, second round, second round. A finish in the third round. First round, first round, first round, first round. 
a decision win, first round, first round, first round, first round. He's only gone to one decision in his whole career, you know? And he, he's won that fight, absolutely, but still he doesn't have that, uh, you know, and as I said, I'm talking myself out of the bet here, but I, I want to give you all the facts just so you can decide on your bet as well. I'm not, I'm not telling you I'm God or anything. I'm going to force you into doing these bets, but that's the one drawback I have. To me... I think, as I said, I think there could be long periods of clinch in this, but I think Ak- Rob Wilkinson actually has very good takedown defense. He has good takedowns of his own as well. And I think if Akhmadov tries to wrestle, now these are famous last words, but I think Wilkinson will have enough to stop him and to scupper him and force Akhmadov to, I suppose, display more energy than he would want to in this one. So, um, for that reason, for that reason, I think the biggest and, and the striking as well then look Akhmadov has been knocking lads out left right and center uh and so is Wilkinson I think Wilkinson is a better striker smooth more powerful Akhmadov has power as well but uh, give me Wilson Wilkinson sorry in, in a striker matchup between the two of them um and look that's basically it I, I think he's a better striker I think he's a more powerful powerful striker I think he will not allow it to be a total wrestling match and that's the reason I think he won it so at uh let me just revise that again at minus 188 i think that's uh i think that's a pretty good price i think it's a good price there right my flyer of the week um <laughs> i'm going for uh glace and tebow to beat magomed magomed karimov at plus 330 in this one now you might call me crazy here and you know what i am a little bit crazy but just every time I do, what, what do you think you're listening to this leave in the comment section below. What, what do you think the first thing you think of when you think Glace and Tebow well when I think Glace and Tebow I think Habib Nurmagomedov you know and I think there was unbelievable um, that unbelievable fight where he just stopped takedown after takedown after takedown and you know was, was really really good there you look at his record He's had so many fights. He's only been submitted twice in his career, you know, and that shows, I suppose, how good he has on the ground. 15 submission wins of his own, so he's very good there. If the fight goes to decision, you know, he's won 18 times. He has lost nine decisions, so he is the type of fighter who drags fights out and can go, you know, long ways. Okay, most of them, if not all of them, are three-round type fights, and this is three rounds as well, if I'm not mistaken. Let me just check here for uh, for for prosperity, but it is because it's not a, uh, it's not a uh, one of the main uh, title fights in this. So it is it is three rounds. I just, do you know what? Magomed Magomed Karimov is a very 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 good fighter, but I think in the last while, like Ray Cooper beat him. Um, he, he arrived late, I suppose, you know, with the whole Warren Russia thing and all uh, this year. And look, he, he beat Daniela Taylor. Didn't look amazing in that first round, if memory serves me correctly. And I just think, like, look at what Ray Cooper did to him. He were, kept safe, I suppose, or tried to win the takedowns came. He tried to fight off the takedowns. And then the fight got to the, the you know, standing and he landed the big shot and he knocked him out. Can Tebow do that, right? So I'm going for a flyer, and I'm going for a st- this straight up because look, I'm looking at the bettings here. That there aren't many props out yet or anything. I'm recording this obviously a little bit earlier, but I like I like this just a straight up bet because you never know what t- with Tebow. Look, chances are, and I'm saying this. This is my flyer bet. This is the one. This is not. I'm not telling you to bet in this. This isn't a smart pick or anything like this. This is like if a certain thing happens, could this happen? And like. If Tebow can stop the takedown, if he can frustrate Magomed Karimov, if he can land that big shot, 
can he win the fight? Now, maybe I'd give a knockout or something, and it might be plus 700, plus 800 or something like that. The bet, as I said, the bet isn't out yet. But, like, the fact that he might win by submission, the fact that he might just land a few shots to win a decision, it gives you all of those possibilities. A plus 330 for a flyer bet of the week? I don't think that's bad. I don't think that's bad. So we give that the flyer bet of the week. Gless and Tebow straight up. Right, uh, I'll run you through all the bets saw on PFL before we go. Obviously, no other big mar- mixed martial arts this week. I should, you know, I, I should do a, I, I should do a World Cup betting show. <laughs> some, some say Brazil are going to win. I think Brazil, Brazil four to one, maybe or something like that. But um, yeah. So let's through, uh, run through some of the prices. I'll start from the bottom and work my way up. Uh, the Dakota De Cheva is fighting Katrina Cardenas. Um, I, I'll be honest, I haven't watched a, a lot of Katrin uh, coming into this, but I know a lot of, a lot about Dakota Dicheva. Watched her a few times, obviously she's very new in her career still, but minus 350 there. Look, she looks like such a phenom. You would think that's probably a good price, and you probably think that's the way to go on this fight, and you know that probably is the way to go. Um, T-Bow and Megamed Karimov then, as, as I said, plus 330 for T-Bow, minus 410 for Megamed Karimov. We've obviously talked about that. Um, the other one I was looking at for my flyer of the week is Jeremy Stevens against Nathan Schult. Now, I think Schult, the fact that he bounced back in his last fight, let me just check exactly uh, what it, who it was there against uh, against Martin Hell. Yeah, that was a good performance and a good win by him. You know, he lost Oban Mercia. He lost to Martin Hell as well last year. And I was kind of thinking to myself, maybe it's time for Nathan Schultz to move on. But I think he showed in that last Martin Hell fight that there's still a bit to come from him here. He, has, he isn't uh, finished at PFL yet. And look, Jeremy, Jeremy Stevens still has a lot to prove. You know, he really has a lot to prove in, in terms of I suppose they have lots of fighters for next year's tournament and will with the European series and all starting. Do they want to keep him around? Do they want to put him in that tournament? What do they want to do with him? So, you know, plus 320 for Jeremy Stevens. I do like Nathan Schultz. I think he'll just be too strong of a wrestler. Minus 390 and a very good all-around fighter as well. We have Aspen Lad, Julia Bud. So the, the lad price is anywhere from minus 215 up to minus 235. Um and Budden is around that plus one eighty five, plus one sixty five. I see here, yeah, even somewhere. As I said, I think that's a little bit, uh, a little bit big. Agmanov and Wilkinson, um, the Wilkinson price going from minus one eighty eight all the way up to minus two ten. I see here in one place. Akhmadov around plus one sixty five. You'll get him. Uh, there, plus 170, actually, in one place there. Very interesting fight, Danilo Taylor against Salabusi. Look, Taylor is the underdog here, plus 135, plus 140-ish. Salabusi around minus 160. Um, Taylor has only had one fight, did well, beat Rory McDonald pretty well, didn't spend too much energy in that, hasn't had the long season like C has and ha- like other people has had. Will that be a benefit? Like, I think C is a very good, well-rounded fighter, can fight in different ways, can win pretty, can win ugly. And I would probably pick him to win at minus 160, but this is this is definitely the one I would avoid betting on. I'm just not sure on Taylor, and I think the fact that he hasn't had that long season could play a part here, but we'll wait and see. Now, Stevie Ray against Olivier Aubameyang. This is such an interesting fight. Like, Aubameyang has kind of... Just showed he's a better fighter than everyone so far this season. He really, really has. Stevie Ray has been very good. He's a bit of adversity. Came back, been really good, showing his quality too. Um, I think this minus 360 price is too much for Robert Mercier, plus uh, 295 for Stevie Ray. 
If I was backing anyone at that price, I'd back Stevie Ray. Now, who would I win if you gave me a straight-up bet? I'd probably go with Aubameyang Mercier. But, like, Aubameyang Mercier, will you try to box with Stevie Ray for five rounds? Like, Stevie's a very good boxer. You know, I do, I do, I don't think this will be a full boxing match. I don't think it'll be a full striker match. I think we'll get bits and pieces of both realms. But I think, like, Aubameyang Mercier... Ha, sorry, Stevie Ray has ways to win on the feet with his big shots, and he's ways to win on the ground as well. I don't think people understand how good Stevie Ray is at jiu-jitsu. So this is by no means an easy fight for Aubameyang Mercier at all. At all. Like, Stevie Ray is a finisher. He'll come in there. We've seen that uh, in recent fights, and he absolutely can win this fight. As I said, if you're giving to me straight up, I look, I think this will probably be... Probably, it's a great fight on paper, but I don't think it'll be a great fight in practice. I think it's probably going to be... Like 49 46 Aubameyang Mercier, but at that price, I like Stevie Ray at that price. I like him at that price. Um, the heavyweights, Sheffield and Deja, Deja anywhere from minus, oh, minus 230 up to minus 240, and in Sheffield around the plus 200 mark, plus 195, plus 205 here. Even in one place, I've spoken about that, so we leave that. And also spoke a lot about uh, Lachnan and Jenkins, minus 170 ish for Lachnan, plus 145, plus 155 ish for Lachnan as well. Uh, for uh, Jenkins, sorry, minus 170 for Lachnan, as I said. Uh, and in the Kelly Harrison, Larissa Pacheco, do you fancy this one? What you what you think? Do you fancy the Pacheco for third time lucky? You never know. She's look to me. The, Pacheco now in this fight is the best fighter at their best that Kayla Harrison has ever fought. Pacheco has looked great recently. She's a way better fighter than the last time Kayla Harrison fought her, and I don't think she'll win. <laughs> I, I don't think she'll win. I just look. It's hard. It's hard to come overcome the the physical technical mental aspects uh, and advantages that Kayla Harrison has. She's up as far as minus 740 here in one place, around plus 450 for Larissa Pacheco. I don't think it's big enough. Give That gives respect to Pacheco, I think. I, I really think it does, but I don't think that's big enough. Uh, and I think Kayla Harrison will win that fight. Um, look, the only hope is that Pacheco has improved a lot. Will Harrison take it easy? Will she take her, her foot off the gas? She has done that recently. I know she came on the next fight in absolutely put on a destruction, but Harrison has done that. Will with a million quid on the line, with the title on the line, will she do that? Probably not. So I will. Um, I'll go with Harrison to win that, but the price isn't great. Right, let's uh, let's end it there and quickly run through the bets. So Bubba Jenkins plus one forty-eight in that pick'em fight. Just that price is too good. I'm betting on price. I'm not betting on person there. And DJJ minus two forty. I'm definitely betting on person and price there. I like that. Julia Budd plus one eighty-five against Aspinall. Rob Wilkinson minus one eighty-eight. And the flyer of the week, Glaston T. Bow at plus three. 30. Right, everyone, I will leave it there. Enjoy the PFL this week. Happy Thanksgiving to all my friends over in the States and happy World Cup to all my friends in the United States and everywhere around the world as well. My name is Sean Sheehan for Sherdog.com and I'll see you all next time.